Good evening, listeners. We now present Credo. Today's Credo is going to be with our dear friends, the presenters of Borrowed Time. Today's presenters we have with us in the studio is Sandy and Edna. Hello, Sandy. Hello, Edna. Hello. Ladies, would um, let you take over the microphones. Let's start with some prayer. Father God, borrowed time. Thank you for all your goodness to us. We recognise, Lord, that any time we have is a gift from you. And as we look back at our teenage years this evening, will you draw near to us and inspire, inspire us in what we share, Lord. And Father God, may we, all of us, listeners, as we reflect on maybe sometimes troubling times, Will you draw near to us and help us to recognise your presence throughout all of it? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So for the hymn this week, they have chosen Just As I Am. And this version is performed and arranged by Michael W. Smith. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O now of God I come. As I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee, whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come.
Edna, that's a lovely, lovely hymn. Can you say what inspired you to it? Well, one of the verses says, Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come. And as this evening, dear listeners, we're talking about our teenage years, I thought, gosh, that is a time whenever we're often very unsure of who we are, what we're about, what's the purpose of this and that, and asking many questions. And so I I like this hymn because it starts off just saying we come to Christ um, without anything that we can offer. And we're all this often this tangled mess And yet he's just saying, come, he welcomes us, he pardons us, he cleanses us, and then he relieves us as we learn to believe his promise. I love this hymn. Mm. It is a beauty. It is a beauty. Um, Last last episode we had, we were talking about our our, um, young childhood and we were looking at this sort of scrapes and things that we got um, got into and how the Lord was there for us during that time. And I think it's lovely. And this episode, I think, is going to be just as informative. Um, Pope Francis released a message in 2021 on Diocesan World Youth Day. And it's, uh, he said, Arise as I appoint you as a witness of what you have seen. That's in Acts twenty six sixteen. He pointed to the importance, important role that young children, young people have to play in the world, especially as they have faced enormous setbacks and difficulties due to the COVID. Many young people, said the Pope, experienced a rise in family problems, unemployment, depression, loneliness and addictive behaviour. But he added the experience of the pandemic has also revealed the virtues of young people, including our inclination to solidarity. And the theme and reflections were inspired by Acts, verse 16. Are these words for the young people of today too? Um, well, I, would, I, I was just looking at these words and I thought to myself, I wonder if they pertained to us when we were young and coming up. I think, do you know, I think they did. I don't think, I, I don't, apart from the pandemic, but there were other things, you know. We had, we had the difficulties of um, sometimes unemployment and depression and the loneliness. And we also had the addictive um, behaviour in the 60s, didn't we, as well? Well, I came from overcome. the west of Ireland and it was more the 70s whenever all that was coming coming there. But uh, teenage years are difficult um, and most of us have, we're just unsure, we don't have confidence uh, and we're making our way, trying to make our mark, seeking for significance and um so much in our teenage years trying things out uh, and often we're just not aware of God being in the picture at all. It's being interesting I think to reflect where was God in my teenage years and I would say to all our listeners this evening 
Think about your teenage years. Were you aware of God, of his presence, of the fact that you were so special and important to him? What about you, Sandy? Oh, I was very busy doing worldly things, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, I, one gets, um, one has the freedom. When, when one leaves home, you know, um, you get into this, in, into this area where everything is so new and exciting. I mean, when I um, left home, uh, yeah, should I tell you about that? I'm not sure I should. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds intriguing. (laughs) Now that I hitchhiked my way across Europe, um, I remember in the early um, 70s, you know, zooming off down to Trafalgar Square. Uh, My mother knew I was going out, but she didn't know where. And I went down to Trafalgar Square um, on a New Year's Eve. Well, in, in those days, of course... Um, the fountain in Trafalgar Square um, wasn't boarded up. So at New Year, when it struck midnight, everybody climbed in the fountain and got soaking wet. And we were leaping around, having a wonderful time of things. And then in, into my head, I remember um, thinking, well, you know, I'm getting a bit cold. I think we better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Go dry off <laughs> in the hotel <laughs> where we were all staying, and it was it was a superb thing. But when I look back, I think to myself, "Yeah, I think God was giving me a nudge there, saying, well, I think you've had enough, Sandy. It's time to get out.'" Anyway, when I got back home uh, um, the next the next day, my mother was there, and she said. And how was Trafalgar Square then? Because, of course, she was watching on the telly. (laughs) (laughs) She she was. (laughs) And she was a little annoyed, to say the least. And and, um, she said, I thought I was going to have to bail you out of the local police station. (laughs) And I said, well, how come? It was really nice down there. We had a great time, you know. And um, apparently the police were there in their vans and and I had to arrest a few. But luckily it wasn't me. (laughs) Well, hitchhiking was a big part of our experience in uh, our teenage years and it was totally acceptable. But I look back for all the times I lived 10 miles from the town and I hitchhiked home a number of times in the early hours of the morning. And I just think uh, my parents would be uh, asleep and I'm, they were not uncaring parents or unloving parents in any sense. But they just had a confidence that I don't think today's parents would have No, about their teenage children hitchhiking. It's just such a different world now. Yeah. And I think of all the dangers that there are, I look back even then, though, and think, gosh, the times that God protected me from very vulnerable situations going yes. wrong. Yes. And I was unaware of it in a sense. Well, were you when you were when you were younger, did you actually um, were you actually attending church all the time? Were you? Yes. I wasn't, you see. Hmm. I wasn't at all. I was too taken up with um, the things of the world, really. And I look back and I think, well, where was he? Mm. And I think, you know, even if you're 
you sort of go astray and come away from your the the church activities and that and that um um structure if you like um i think he also gets hold of you in different ways you know i, I mean if you look at the instance um of trafalgar square um i have a feeling he was there and he whispered in my ear it's time to go and just to give me a nudge I got cold, mm. you know, this sort of thing. And so I think, I think sometimes he speaks a lot through our, our, conscious, our conscience. And very practical things like, yes. you're cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get I'll, out. I'll, I'll give you, yes, I'll give you a bit of an icy blast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so, think one of the big things of childhood, uh, teenage years, is it, this transition from... Uh, dependence of childhood to independence and um, I look back and think how did my parents inspire such loyalty in me um, I could have gone um, so many deviant routes and yes. what held me back it wasn't God that I was aware of but just the thought that I did not want to be a disappointment to them in any sense. Mm. And I think, how can families today nurture that sense of loyalty when there's so many influences in the social media? And um, uh, and I just think it's a much harder job now. So mm. my heart, I do, my heart goes... We ha Teenagers have the same needs now as we had. Ultimately, they need significance and the need to know that there is a place for them and the need to know that they're acceptable. God offers us all of this. But most teenagers, being realistic, do not hear that message. I well, mean, the majority don't go to church. No, I didn't when I was when mm. I was younger. But I know God was there. I knew I um, he existed. I knew that it was written right here in my heart. Well, interestingly, even though I did go to church, uh, the knowledge of God's existence, it was deep. But yeah. I don't think it was totally, connect it was exclusively connected with going to church. It was just looking at the world yes. and seeing the order and the purpose and the fact that there, for there to be any sense in anything, God had to exist. Yeah. So when I left home and I was just 17, uh, when I finally left home, having not taken my... A-levels, um, and I ditched church and ditched everything, but that sense of God is real. And mm. when I have time, I'll give him some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, for me, for me, um, I was too wrapped up in things. I mean, I, I loved going to nightclubs. Uh, I met John there. And, um, yeah, I'll tell you about that later. But anyway, um, I loved going out. I loved dancing. Um, I loved um, being with other people and having having a lot of fun. Um, and I remember one evening that I was... It, the evening was, you know, about three quarters gone. And I decided I was going to disappear off. And I fancied, um, I just wanted to go home, really. And um, the next day, I found that the 
that place was raided because the the drug squad got in there. Well, wow. I mean, I mean, I felt as though I'd been saved, if you like. You know, I, I just, I just um, felt it was wonderful. But you weren't into drugs, were you? Oh no, I wasn't. No, no. But no. you would have been tainted because you would have been in the club. You mean? Well, yes, I suppose I would. And then I didn't feel. I just got this feeling that I needed to go home. And that was mm. it. And I think this is the way the Lord spoke to me and kept me safe mm. all the way through all my youth and everything I experienced, you know. Mm. Um, but I think, I, think the, I think the young people do want to go out and they want to have fun. They don't want to be restricted. They want the freedom of exploring. And I just hope and pray that the Lord is there them well i'm sure that if the lord is within them and they turn to him and listen to him which is the other thing mm. you know that that he he leads us through all this stuff and my husband asked me this afternoon uh, where where do you think god protected you uh, in your teenage years and i mean you can think of various isolated incidents but Mainly, I think, from wrong relationships. I think I was very wary of getting dependent on anyone. Uh, and mm. I didn't want to trust myself to anybody. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that, in a sense, that was possibly God... Um, telling me to be wary because the way that I thought my life would have gone took a big change mm. uh, and it did not go that way, uh, for which I thank Are God. Are you talking about uh, falling in love? Um, well, initially it was with um, someone that I knew would not be acceptable to my parents and I always knew that there would be no future in that relationship because I wouldn't hurt them. Mm. I don't know why that... Uh, Loyalty was there, but it was. So I can thank God for that, I yes, suppose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, music was a big part of our teenage years, though, wasn't it? I mean, the music was fabulous. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. Now. Yes. It's never, it's still in fashion, really, and it mm. can still get people um, the discos on now. the floor. I think uh, in, in our day, um, it was. Um, Live bands. I remember all the live bands that I used to be out. Yes, you know, in the evening. Yes. Matter of fact, I don't. Um, you know, I had full time job. I don't know how I did it, um, because I had a good full time job which started early, and then in the evening, I'd have a bite to eat and then disappear off out. Yes. And wow. Yeah. I had a good time, and um, and. But I always felt, even from being a little tiny child, when I, when I used to run from the conflict of home and go down to the, the creek. Yes, your special place. My special place. Yes, it's lovely. We all yes. have those. I'm sure we do. Yes. Um, and I remember that that person or um, the God or my guardian angel was with me all the way through my life. All the way through, it's just, it was it's just amazing where he where he was, um, and actually he's kept me 
more or less full of joy. I mean, I have had some um, down times. Um, we all have those because otherwise life yeah. would be a bit boring, wouldn't yeah. it? Tossed about <laughs> with many a conflict, many a doubt. Yes. But, um, and he's yeah. always there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I think... Uh, I think teenage years are tough. I think they're always going to be tough. But someone said to me when I was going through it with my own children, um, you've brought them up right, so they'll be all right in the end. And I can remember taking comfort from that at the time and thinking, well, God's word does speak about the early years and the importance of them. And um, and I thought, so now that I'm having such a tough time uh, with my teenagers, and I had quite a few teenagers all together because I had my children close together, mm. um, and I found it really painful uh, because the qualities that I, I felt I had used to stay on the straight and narrow, they didn't seem to have that level of... Um, loyalty that is much more a, it was much more a well this is what we all do and everybody does it and uh, and I couldn't um, I, I couldn't accept that it, it was at variance with my Christian beliefs and they didn't seem to share mm. it and it was very very painful and I feel that teenage years and t- parents of teenagers need a lot of support particularly those that are in the church, need a lot of support to understand their pains and to Mm. just pray with them and to say... Of course, the Lord Lord is with with them. He is... uh, I had the most... You know I started giggling in the car when we were coming coming along here because um, we got lost, listeners. We got (laughs) lost... And my sat-nav wasn't working properly. Okay, so um, I started to giggle because I had been reading this book um, um, by somebody called Father Pat Collins. And I've had to, I've had to, he really hits the nail on the head when he's talking about our consciences because what he said in this book, and which is why I was laughing in the car, the satnav has twofold ability to offer guidance. Firstly, an arrow offers precise visual directions on a coloured map, which is displayed on a screen. And secondly, uh, <laughs> this is where I started to giggle. Secondly, a voice gives specific instructions. If perchance the driver makes a mistake, the mellifluous voice graciously suggests an alternative way of getting to the destination without a hint of criticism. It has struck me on a number of occasions that conscience is a bit like a spiritual GPS. It can give those who are tuned in to its as inspirations the guidance needed to the journey to God. If perchance we make a mistake or ignore its promptings... Conscience condemns the action, but not the person who performs it. Rather, it suggests an alternative way of reaching our destination. What a satnav is to the traveller, conscience is to anyone who wishes to lead a good Christian life. 
It's an inner voice which gives us a sense of moral direction. If we disobey our conscience, we suffer from a sense of healthy moral guilt. And I think that is so true. Yes. But lots of youngsters today don't have... Their conscience has been informed by um, society's values, which can be very uh, different. Oh, yes. Yeah, so... But this is where if you have the Lord with you... Um, and you listen to him, then you can sort of skirt round and get to where you should be. You know, so even what if advice, is... Sandy, would you give to the uh, teenagers of today who haven't had experience of church, haven't had a, an example of someone who um, has walked with the Lord and has a personal relationship with Christ? Right. Well, I believe... It's a big question. Yes, I believe that God has written his laws on everybody's heart. Yes, it says so in Romans, yeah. You know, um, God has written his laws on heart. Now, I believe that we have this inner gift, if you like, from God, which is there before our birth. Mm. And I believe that that is what we tune into and that is it comes part of um it comes in in the form of conscience it comes it speaks through those people who know and understand scripture it's inspirational it, it the promptings and it he also speaks through people that we meet you know um and not everybody's bad so, I mean, you can be pootling along and then ha- start having a conversation with a friend of yours and then they set you on a different path because something clicks within yes. you and you think to yourself, yeah, I understand that. I, so, I wonder what our listeners' experiences are. It would be interesting to hear from you yes. um, on whether this law is written uh, independent of church or the Bible but the law is written uh, in the heart, Uh, that of God and every man, as the Quakers would say. Yes, we all have this amazing um, gift of searching for the truth, I think. Even those people who have been seriously damaged in their younger life, I do believe that, um, you know, they, they also have this... They also have this uh, gift of searching, searching for something, searching for love, searching for truth, searching for the meaning of life. And I think that is that is within each and every one of us. I go into uh, prison. We're getting a little away from the subject of teenage years. But I would say the truth of that. Yeah, I see that in a lot of the inmates mm. within our prison, that there yeah. there is something. And sometimes it's just... Uh, a very little encounter, one thing, and it can change, change everything, uh, change their thinking structures as they dwell on that. And mm. uh, yeah, and mm. this is where this is where I think sometimes um, parents need to understand that their children have got to have space to make mistakes. Yes, that's a big and, thing. Yes, and also um, be there in order to catch them when they fall. Yes, and it's very, very hard um, 
to to turn around and say you know please don't do this please don't do that um i you know i've bitten my my tongue so many times as a parent but we're we're speaking you know about our own um teenage lives yes. and how things were for us and the fact that god is all there always there with us no matter what we do he's there in all our trials and tribulations and he gives us guidance he gives us guidance if we turn to him he he's he's there he's he, we don't have he's always beside each and every one of us if we care to look yes yeah i know that and i believe that mm. but um i i am quite impressed as i looked at a look at my children and their parenting styles and i think um gosh it was so different they talked to their kids about all sorts of things i wouldn't have talked to my mother uh, I wouldn't have felt it was correct. I wouldn't mm. have uh, broached such topics. And yet this, it seems that everything is, um, it's okay. And these children, these grandchildren of mine are getting a message that their parents are in touch with their world. Yes. Uh, and they know the issues, they know the dangers of drugs, uh, possibly from their own experience. Well, uh, I, had, I had that in my day. Mm. Did you? Oh, well, we. This is where this is where we come from. Two different, yes. different angles, isn't yeah. it? You were more a city, and I was the I country was... bumpkin. You know, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you had a sort of a safety net, which was quite good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, I had my safety net, but there we go. <laughs> so it's it was a, actually it was probably a lead, which was a little bit looser, perhaps. <laughs> Um, what about your school days and your teenage years as a school? Days. Was the school a good influence? Actually, I think it was. Mm. I was at boarding school. Mm. I went to a boarding school. And, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it until I went for a walk at midnight with my friends because it was too hot in the dorm. And uh, we went for a, um, uh, a skip and a hop around... around um, the school grounds and then outside and then when we came back we noticed that there was a line of blue flashing lights down the drive <laughs> yeah and then um we all thought we'd nip in the back door to the dormitory which was through an orchard but there waiting at the back door was the headmaster <laughs> so it was a bit of an adventure but uh, yes we didn't get uh, told off too much except that they thought it was really um, um, good detention for us to have to get us up at one o'clock in the morning to do lines in the classroom, but <laughs> we we didn't really mind. <laughs> Gosh, I could see boarding schools today if children did that. Uh, some of them expelling the pupils because mm, there'd probably. be such risks today with children going out at midnight. Yes. And the school wouldn't want to risk it again. No. And they would have to make an example. So in those sense, in that sense, society is much less forgiving yes, than it was in our oh, time. Well, that's the problem with... That's what's happened, isn't it, with... Mm. with uh, um, I think the media today has done an awful lot of damage. I, I, I do yes. a tremendous amount. Um, I've even got... At my age, I've even got rid of my television, which was brilliant, 
you know, um, my TV's gone. I I um, sometimes listen to the radio, and I seem to be a lot freer. And actually, you know, a lot calmer because I'm not bombarded with all this hype. Yes. Which I think is doing a lot of damage to our kids. Yes. I wonder if any of our listeners have any views on um, on on this, can, can you ring in and give us your views? Yeah, anybody waiting? Let's let's put uh, Sandy Edney. Let, uh, Sandy Edney, sorry, Sandy Edna. <laughs> let me open up the studio lines and have the callers call in. The number is o one two two three three seven five five six four. If you're dialing outside of the UK, oh, and what an exciting story to hear from there, from international teenage years. The number is 0044-1223-375-564. Call and share society back in the 60s and 70s. Was it more forgiving for you as well than it is now? Did you have that independence how did your parents inspire loyalty in you? Give us a call. 01223-375-564. Now that I've lost everything to you, you say you want to start something new. And it's breaking my heart you're leaving Maybe I'm grieving But if you want to leave, take good care Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear But then a lot of nice things turn bad out there about your teenage years and your memories. The number is 
It's hard to get by just upon a smile. This is Radio Maria and this is Borrowed Time. Today we have Sandy and Edna sharing memories from their teenage years back in the 70s of their wild exploits and talking about how perhaps back then there was just so much more confidence in the parents, in their children, uh, and they, they've survived. Sandy and Edna is, are right in front of me, and, and they're talking about God, so it, it's all right. I've got a question. Edna, has, were you part of a youth group? Uh, because you, you kept going to church uh, through your teenage years. Um, I was in the Church of Ireland, and our vicar was very... Uh, very good with the youth work in the church. He picked us up uh, in his van. He went round the countryside gathering us all up. We went to church for uh, choir practice. We um, went to Sunday school every more, every Sunday morning. And But I think that that was one of the reasons why I was sort of pushing everyone away because all he preached about really to us youth all the time was about the dangers of premarital sex. And it was just totally, looking back now, it was just totally out of um, perspective. And so meeting people and being with people, it was just like always on high alert, you know, that this Aww. premarital sex would be uh, a big issue and there was there would be a lot of sin and shame. And um, so I think that skewed the joy of my teenage years, uh, just not having a full... Well, it wasn't... It, the gospel wasn't preached. That would have been very helpful if it was if he had been as concerned about the love of Christ for us and urging us to read the Bible, and that would have been much more helpful. But really, I didn't come to a knowledge of Christ until I was well away from that church. Oh. Oh. Well, I can understand, um, I can understand the, the, um, the vicar preaching about uh, no sex uh, before marriage. And I think that's a good thing to do. And I think uh, we all need to be aware that um, actually it can probably damage you quite a lot if you go down that path. But, of course, things aren't like that. Things weren't like that in my day. Um, uh, and when I talk to my grandchildren today, you know... Um, I mean, I was married for, for 50 years and it was a wonderful um, up and down marriage, we say. <laughs> <Like most. laughs> nothing, no, 
nothing is ever straight and smooth, is it? Um, nothing we face in life is. Um, but, but I talk to my grandsons and they turn around and say, oh, no, no, well, you lived in another world. And um, then they turn around and say, I'm not getting married. I'm not getting married. Yeah. There's too much. Um, um, it's it's too uh, it's too dangerous, really, to get married now. Yeah. Because you put your life on your li- the line, you know, and yeah. everything, all your trust is there. So it's it's a lack of trust now, I think, uh, in one another, and it, we're in a sort of a throwaway society. Uh, and someone I, said to me today, uh, "Well, relationships aren't meant to last forever." Ah, did they? Yeah. And well, from someone that I, you know, like very much and respect and relationships yeah. aren't meant to last forever. When I was at school... We do change. Though. I went to an all-girls school. Yes. And uh, if anybody was suspected of, of sleeping with their boyfriend, immediately they got the term. Uh, it wasn't very complimentary. Um, and so you were sort of, in a sense, a bit of a social outcast if your sexual yeah. morals weren't as everybody else's mm. today is quite the opposite uh you would be um oh you're still a virgin uh, it would be the comment and this is what our children our grandchildren face yes. at school yes and that is really you sort of you know that is hard tough yeah. where did you meet your husband I met him at college when Did I was you? determined to get in there, get a teaching qualification, get out of there, and I wasn't going to get involved with anybody. And I, I do feel that the only reason I got married, uh, well, in a sense, he just wouldn't be shaken off. <laughs> and that is, I mean, he will, he would say the same. Yeah. My well, mother once said to me, will you, uh, will you marry him? Because he followed me home to Ireland once. And I said, what? I will not, you know. Uh, I was absolutely, marriage was not on my agenda at all. It wasn't on mine either when I met John. Matter of fact, I met him one year and I didn't really, um, we didn't really get together until a year later um, because I didn't really like him much. (laughs) 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 And then I got to know him and things changed. (laughs) Uh, Did you, so you said that um, nowadays your children are speaking to their children about everything. Did your parents Mm. speak to you about premarital sex or anything? Was it just the vicar that was throwing this line at you? Just the vicar. Ah. I remember my mother saying to me, um, well, you've got to be careful now. Uh, because now you could have children. Mm. Um, And I can remember just being astonished. That was my sex education, and that was all that was said about it. No, my mother didn't say a thing. No. No, I was completely ignorant of of everything there. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe it was a good thing that we didn't. No, I don't think so. You don't think it was I just think it would would have been lovely to have talked about some of your fears about your appearance and and you know oh. how on just to talk about everything my children grandchildren talk about everything with their uh parents it's lovely yes it's just lovely yeah. they can talk about 
the drugs, even if they've tried it, and just, you know, they, they know that their parents aren't going to be shocked by that. Yeah. They won't approve of it. Did but... you talk about that with your children? No. Do I very didn't? much followed. Uh, I, I did talk about... I did try to present the gospel to my children and they went to church. Yes. So that was, I would hope, more rounded on the gospel. Yes. But no, I was very naive, really, and I was totally blown over when my children started behaving in ways that I didn't feel were acceptable. Oh. And, you know, when they're saying, I'm saying it's school night, you really, you know, I think you should socialise at the weekends. When you're doing A-levels, you can't really be... And they just said, well, I'm going out, so what can you do about it? And you really? realise you've got very little power as a parent when you're in the midst of that scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't lock the door and say, well, you're not coming in because you don't want them out all night. <laughs> so you've got to leave the door open and then they can come and go as they like. Do and it's, uh, mm. it, it was just a real shock to the system. Yeah. Mm. Having said that, what my friend said to me, well, you've given them the right foundation so they'll be all right in the end. They all have been all right in the end. Yes. I would rather, obviously, have avoided the pain. Yes. But now my eldest daughter is going through that similar with her son. You know, she's just saying, trying to keep them safe, really. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's a, it's a little bit of a difficult one. I mean, that song that was just played, what was it called? It was called Wild World oh, by Wild Cat World. Stevens. Yes, I mean I remember. I remember later on in life, um, dancing around the kitchen, <laughs> dancing around the kitchen. Um, this this song came out in nineteen seventy, and a few years later it was still going. And I remember dancing around the kitchen with two girls, one on each hip, you know, and thinking to myself, my poor mother. You know, my poor poor mum, she must have felt all these things in here, you know, the wild world and, and that. And I looked at my two kids and I thought, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's a wild world. It's a wild wonder world. Where, wonder where you two are going to end up. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time that we um, closed in prayer. So I'd really like to thank the Lord Thank the Lord so much for being in our lives through a difficult part of our lives and for guiding us and being there with us and nurturing us. And dear Lord, we ask that you are with the young people who are coming up now and guide them just as you did us, mm. Lord. And I thank you for our faith and I thank you for being there when we didn't even know you were about but you guided us. And so, Lord, I thank you for everything that you have done. And I thank you also in the knowledge that you are going to do much greater things for this generation. Amen. Amen. I always remember you like a child girl.
Thank you for joining us with Borrowed Time.